Globalization of trade is expanding rapidly, but many are left wondering if the media are offering a clear analysis of the critical voices. Somebody burns a flag, for instance. That's what you see in the front of the paper, on the front page. But you don't see these 250,000 people peacefully protesting. Pretty much usually one-sided and misrepresents what's really going on. In this program, we explore the impact which new technology is having on the role of the traditional news gatherer. reporting of globalization became one of the main discussions of this gathering of television broadcasters in Scotland. One of the key speakers was the president of CNN, Chris Kramer. There are, there are only two broadcasters who now have a large spread of international bureaus. One is BBC, primarily public funded. One is CNN, business and commercially funded. And they're two different types of organizations, but they share a common goal, which is to try and make the world a smaller place. However, this former CNN producer believes that the world his previous employer offers is not the full picture. He has turned to the internet to provide a wider viewpoint on world events. CNN footage is often very flawed, in part because it narrows the range of this discourse. You know, it, it, it says, well, it's Bin Laden versus Bush. Well, what about other people in the world who have points of view that are critical of both Bin Laden and Bush? Do we ever hear from them? Do we ever hear from NGO groups? Do we ever hear from critics of the policy in the same way that we hear from people who support the status quo or who are selling the policy? In London, workers within the media became so frustrated at the BBC's reporting of the conflicts that they held demonstrations outside the studios. They argue that the broadcaster has taken a bias towards the government line. People who work in the media really need to earn the right to call themselves journalists again after the, the way that they've reported uh, the events of the last month. Um, a lot of them have just turned themselves into part of the government propaganda machine. Uh, unquestioningly using phrases like war on terrorism without questioning what they mean. I mean, war has a specific meaning under the Hague Convention. In New York, reporters who have felt alienated by the mainstream news agenda have gone beyond just demonstrating and have created their own broadcasting outlets. You are listening to Democracy Now! in Exile, the War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. It was such a dearth of, of critical reporting on why this happened, um, what, uh, what the response has been. Um, it seemed absolutely critical to expand our audience as much as we could, and the demand has been there. I mean, we've expanded from a one-hour television show to a two-hour war and peace report on radio and TV. As well as distributing their reports across the United States and Canada, they also gain a far wider audience through the internet. The media has become the most powerful force in shaping public opinion, um, as well as just among the most powerful corporations in the world. And now they're beating a drum for war, and we run counter to that. 
As corporations take a tighter control of the mass media, some journalists believe that business links could affect their reporting. An investigation into Britain's largest commercial broadcaster, ITN, led at least one journalist to cast doubt on its objectivity. And that there was a company within the ITN building, 50% owned by ITN and 50% owned by this huge PR company called Burson Marstella, which was called Corporate Television Networks, or CTN. And CTN was using ITN staff to make highly misleading corporate videos. And it was effectively expecting its staff on the one hand to make this highly biased propaganda and on the other hand to make objective news reports and I felt that the two roles were entirely irreconcilable. Shell gives them starter packs such as hair dryers, sewing machines or tool sets so that they can start new businesses. The fact that this was, was quietly going on within the building seriously shook my confidence about ITN's ability to deliver the product it said it was delivering. However, new technology, such as the camcorder, encourages people to record their own viewpoints of events, such as this oil spill in Nigeria. I'm blaming Shell. I'm blaming Shell for all the hazards that have been caused. We cannot even get our boats back again to excavate sand. We cannot even go to the water again to excavate sand. So our source of living is completely dead. We're all hungry. We don't know what to do now. Please, Shell and Fry government, we're appealing to you to come to our aid. We don't have a source of living again. There are many people who are looking for answers to, to basic questions about power in the world, the distribution of wealth and resources, who are looking for media outlets that reinforce their own sense of the world, reinforce their own perspectives in the world, but also give them an outlet, a way to disseminate their own views to other audiences. And there have been points of blockage in the mainstream media who tend to cover the same issues the same way over and over again. In an office occupation with a difference, environmental campaigners enlisted the World Wide Web to publish their concerns. We are in the Shell building on the embankment. My colleagues are now barricading the door and uh, we're shortly going to transmit live to the internet from inside the Shell building. Despite Shell cutting the power and all the phone lines, they still continued to transmit press releases using a mobile phone and a laptop. Instead of relying on the traditional media to put across our message, we can uh, create our own agenda, put up exactly the information we want to put up and bypass all those traditional uh, barriers to uh, getting the real messages across rather than just the spin the media want to put on. Even the images of police gaining entry six hours later could be seen live over the internet. The cream pie is a traditional tool amongst globalization activists, as former head of the World Trade Organization, Renato Ruggiero, discovered. Sorry, excuse me, we're late for a meeting. Oh my goodness! Oh my God! It's a gift from the dispossessed. Unbelievable. The pies are now being aimed at people in the media who dismiss important issues, such as climate change. 
it just seemed to me that too many people were taking an interest in the sceptical environmentalist, his book, without really being critical enough of what was, or really understanding enough about what was going on in there. So for me, throwing a, putting a pie in his face was a way to undermine his sort of stature in that sense and to make him look ridiculous and to stop the kinds of things that he was using, like statistics and graphs and all that kind of stuff, stop it being taken seriously. It used to be a process of getting out, engaging with the world, finding out what's happening. Now it's a process of sitting in the office, waiting for the world to come to you. And of course, the world that comes to you is the one that's got the PR agencies, it's got the money, it's got the time, it's got the resources to put out the press releases and make all the phone calls and the rest of it. However, despite a multi-million pound media campaign by the biotechnology industry, the British public still remains sceptical about genetically modified food. The British government has laid at least part of the blame for the nation's rejection of the science on the media. I can guarantee you tonight, unless I say something absolutely outrageous, there will be very little on the news about this whole issue. And what there is will be probably truncated in a very, very small time frame. And yet the issues that you're debating here and the types of issues that he raised just a moment or two ago are absolutely vital for the whole future of humankind. And it's a debate I think the public, if it were allowed to, would be far more interested in discovering the facts and coming to terms with that debate and engaging in it. Globalization campaigners echo Tony Blair's belief that the media is failing to report important issues. These campaigners staged a mock funeral for journalism outside the studios of the BBC. To those who campaign against injustice, against the corporate ransacking of the third world, against genetic engineering, against the arms trade, or against the mindless profit-driven destruction of our environment, to them we hereby bequeath the label Naive troublemakers! You know, po politics has moved on and um, the, the, the news agenda hasn't. There are journalists reporting from their hotel rooms and watching television or reporting from the inside of press centres watching CNN. I mean, there's really no engagement. You really have to be with people, you know, spend, spend some time with them, go onto the streets. Demonstrations against economic summits have spread from Eastern Europe to the United States. Has this been seriously reported by the international media, or has it just become a game in the eyes of some broadcasters? We've got to stop meeting like this. <laughs> I mean, wait a minute. Now, it's 6.30 this morning. Remember you said it's the fourth quarter. It's almost over. We're way ahead. Uh, so I missed it by a quarter or so. <laughs> Every single one of these protesters had a huge social forum, counter-summits, ideas, you know, there's stuff going on, really exciting ideas being talked about, you know, solutions being talked about. Um, and then you turn on the news and it's about, you know, there's, there's some small pocket of one gang of people who's acting unilaterally and they're they're the news agenda, they're the, you know, and, and that's, that's all the protest is about. And then people at home watching television just have the sense that, you know, that's what this movement is. We must take part in the debate about lazy journalism. And if 
the debate about lazy journalism means that we, should, we can be challenged about our perception of world events, then so be it. Possibly the strongest challenge to the media monopolies is emerging from a rapidly growing network of volunteer-run independent media centres. We don't have the kind of news that actually makes a difference in people's lives and gives them an, the analysis and the critique. And, and, and then also a key ingredient is the alternatives. Where can we actually go? What's actually being done? Who can actually talk about it, what an economic, a progressive and economic transition might look like? Using digital cameras and the internet, outlets are being created all over the world for viewpoints not often heard in the mainstream media. We wanted to make sure that the activists not only could uh, be seen and heard through our media, through independent media, but we also wanted to give them the tools so that they can make their own media and speak for themselves rather than having someone speak for them, which we know has problems. A unique website has been created encouraging anyone, anywhere, to publish their own eyewitness accounts without the involvement of an editor. The internet sort of reflecting the new kind of political organising in, in creating a sort of global fabric of struggle and it's internationally networked. So increasingly now you do get even very poor movements from the south that have more internet access or have some internet access. The first independent media centre was launched during the protests at the World Trade Organization summit in Seattle. Their website quickly became the trusted voice of the campaigners. Once people realise that the mass media doesn't have a stranglehold on reporting what's going on, and I think you, you first saw this uh, in November 1999 in Seattle with the Indy Media Center where the police said, uh, we're not firing rubber bullets, and then the Indy Media had their cameras saying, oh yes you are. When broadcasters failed to believe eyewitness accounts of police overreaction, images of officers shooting demonstrators with rubber bullets were distributed quickly and widely over the net. We had evidence, we had the actual rubber bullets in the IMC uh, in Seattle and we published that to the web immediately for the world to see. And later CNN had to turn around its coverage and by the end of the week they were actually doing a story about, about what we were doing. You know, why did CNN or BBC fail to capture one image or not in you know, uh, 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 the last summit or other? The answer is because they don't have, despite their pretty enormous wealth, they don't have you know, multiple sets of camera eyes out there. Is the growing use of camcorders offering the public a truer picture of world events? The, the Independent Media Center provides a production infrastructure for independent groups. So this piece in the end is really an amalgamation, sort of an assemblage of a whole bunch of different kinds of, uh, kinds of visions of like what the, what the week was about. You know, there's growing dissatisfaction with mainstream media worldwide. In the United States, surveys have shown as many as 70% of the people, viewers, are unhappy with television. When they're actually asked about it, they say, it sucks, okay? The same thing is true within the media itself. As many as 70% of the journals who work inside media are unhappy with the product of many media companies. So you have a great deal of dissatisfaction and searching for alternatives. In the ancient town of Genoa, 
Italian media tycoon come Prime Minister, Silvio Berlusconi, hosted a gathering of the eight leaders of the most powerful industrial democracies in the world. To ensure their voices were heard, over 200,000 people traveled to Genoa to highlight the increasing role corporations were having in the running of their countries. As the streets shook to the sounds of dissent, the first Italian independent media center was established to report on the G8 meeting. Well, there was well, plenty of computers, uh, telephone lines, mobile phones, and then uh, different uh, sort of equipment, uh, and people were broadcasting. The protests became international news when police shot dead one demonstrator. At the same time, the cameras of the campaigners were capturing the full extent of police reaction. We recorded, you know, images of police brutality, um, you know, police criminality against protesters. You know, we filmed both sides, but we were so much in the front line, we, we got into the firing line. what happened in Genoa, what really happened, which was, you know, a lot of violence. Just after midnight, police raided the independent media centre and the sleeping area opposite. And I was whacked in the legs, went down on the floor, um, and I was screaming, you know, journalist, um, not resisting arrest. And then the other five turned around and started kicking me again. And I was just basically kicked out into the street. By that time, my ribcage had gone. Um, my lung had been punctured. Uh, a lot of blood was in, filling up inside. When police finally left, blood stained the walls and floors. Cameras were smashed and computers lay destroyed. Their hard drives ripped out. Dozens of people were hospitalized. Però tutti quelli che massacrano che vanno in ospedale poi ciao, non tornano più quelli, rimangono lì con loro in questura e chissà quante botte ci danno. Allora io devo scegliere se preferisco un embolo magari questa questa notte o se invece preferisco farmi massacrare di botte in questura. None of the TV channels owned by the Italian Premier reported the brutal attack. The great majority of news broadcasting sides with the powerful against the powerless. 
And I don't think that's a conscious decision, a news editor waking up in the morning and saying, right, I really must shaft the powerless while, while, while standing up for the powerful. But it, it's the way that it works out. And that's partly because of the nature of the organisations, but it's also because of the nature of political discourse, that um, the people with the most wealth and power are the ones who are best hurt. For me, unless we, all of us, invest in news gathering, in big news gathering and little news gathering, um, the world will be, a, will be a sadder place and a more dangerous place without it. Thank you.